to the Aussie Bloggers Podcasts, brought to you by Tan and Amanda. Tan's from Write Your Cancer, and Amanda's from My Office Books, and you can find them both at Blogger Support for All. Join them as they talk about blogging, and as they speak to a variety of Aussie bloggers who share their own stories, secrets, and successes about the world of blogging. And now, here's Tan and Amanda. I'm Tan from Write Your Cancer. Hi, I'm Amanda from My Office Books, and, and we're, we're from Aussie, Aussie Bloggers Podcast. Imogen Lamport today being a guest on our show. But before we begin interviewing the beautiful Imogen, Tan has a shout out for one of our wonderful reviewers on iTunes. That's correct. I love Mad Mumsy, who has given us a review on iTunes. And Mad Mumsy says, love the variety of guests on the show. Lots of different things to help bloggers. And that is what we do. We try and find as many different things as we can to help bloggers on their blogging journey. So thank you, Mad Mumsy. And remember, if you'd like a shout out on our Friday show, please head over to iTunes and go to subscribe, rate and review us. We'd love to give you a shout out. And today we welcome Imogen. How are you, Imogen? Great, thanks. Lovely to be here. Now, Imogen, you're sitting in Melbourne in your car at the moment. I am. I thought it was the quietest place to be. And you know what I love about that, Imogen? I love the fact that um, that's creative and it is lateral thinking and I really feel that so many bloggers are exactly that. The minute there's a problem, okay, you've got builders in the house or whatever's going on and you have to get out of there. So where do you go? Into your car. Why not? And I love that bloggers are are those sort of lateral thinking, problem-solving sort of people. Well done. Good on you and welcome to our show. Imogen, tell us all about you, what you do, what you blog about, and all about your life. Um, Well, that's a big question. Uh, So I write the blog Inside Out Style, which is a style blog, mainly style, a bit of lifestyle in there as well, aimed at women who want to learn how to dress themselves in a way that makes them look and feel fabulous every day. So I'm an image consultant by trade. That's the old-fashioned word for personal stylist. Um, And I've been doing that for 12 years. And I started my blog in 2008 when I realized that there was a lot of people have a lot of questions and that there's a big world out there. And I could only reach a few people as clients in my business, but I could actually reach the entire world if I um, if I started writing online. And so my really my aim is to demystify style because so many people think you have to be born with it. You can't dress well if you're not skinny or young. So I'm really all about explaining the science behind style so that anyone can do it. Um, and as far as I go, I'm a mum of two kids and a stepmother to two kids, and I have a crazy whippet um, who likes to spend all her time with me and she's actually sitting in the car with me right now and I'm in my late 40s I live in Melbourne I have all the usual kind of stuff that happens in my life I think as a mother (laughs) and that is a busy busy time (laughs) I was just going to say sorry Tan um when I met you at ProBlogger I can definitely vouch for your style because I was very impressed all the days I attended the conference with how glamorous you looked. You really do have a wonderful way of dressing. Well, thank you so 
the much. But, you know, the problem is, is if you, you can't, if you decide to be a personal stylist, you can't actually dress badly anymore. You have to be careful every day. <laughs> Where did the concept of a blog actually come from? It's funny, you know, because I realised I started my first blog in the year 2000. I just didn't know it was a blog back then. But I'd be, I was travelling overseas and living overseas, and I decided to set up a website um, to share my travel pictures and stories because I was sick of emailing my friends and family. So I could go, just go and look at this website, and you can see what I've been doing. And so I didn't realise at the time that really it was probably a really early blog. It just wasn't on blogging software or, you know, a blogging platform at the time. Um, but then I came back to Australia in 2001 and then it was in 2008. I started my blog. I didn't realise what they were. And then I got a Google alert um, about someone had shared an article or it was talking about an article. And it was actually on a blog and I was reading it. I went, ah, oh, so this is what a blog is. I could do that. And as an introvert, I quite like spending a bit of time by myself, and I think there's many bloggers who are introverts too, who are quite happy to spend a bit of time by themselves in front of a computer, but sharing thoughts and ideas. And, and so that's kind of where I started from. So Imogen, did you have an international audience straight away, or was that something that just developed over time? So... I'd written my first ebook, um, and I'd realised that you know I wasn't going to sell many just to myself. So one of the things I did is I suppose because the first blog that links to an article that I'd written, which was just on my consulting website, um, was from someone overseas, and so I started connecting with you know I read her blog, and then I looked at the blogs that were on her blog roll, and I connected with those people. And now a lot of those were in America, and so I actually built up an international audience much before my Australian audience. Um, and it's quite funny because a lot of people don't realise I'm Australian; they assume I'm in America. Um, and so I spent a lot of time, actually, in fact, I've, every time I go overseas now, I meet up with, um, you know, a bunch of blog readers and other bloggers that I know who are all overseas. And I think it's something that I went, if I want to sell my e-products to the world, I need to get myself a global audience. Um, and so that's something I've spent quite a bit of time kind of working at. That's amazing. But what I'd like to talk to as well, the fact that the international side, would you like to share, you shared a story with me at ProBlogger about how, was it the LA airport where one of your readers actually took you sightseeing for the day? So it's, you're not just being an international in the sense of a blogger, but you're so warm and so real to your audience that they want to spend time and they feel like they know you. They do very much. And it's quite a bizarre experience because I have a lot of my clients these days, even when they walk into my office studio, they go, like, I know this room because they've seen it in photos and they know the dog and they feel like they know me. But yes, yeah, so my first time in America in 2009, um, one of my blog readers turned up to the airport with her car um, and a spare baby seat for my, at the time, four-year-old daughter, drove us to our accommodation, like, you know, lent us their car seat, took us, you know, took us out and about. You know, every time I go over there, I meet up with readers. We have lunches. We do stuff. Um, and it's and it's fabulous. And I love that, that a blog can bring the world to you um, and that a blog opens up so many doors. I think that's one of the things that I never expected about blogging was the community that you build. And how you have really personal relationships with people. And I think with me, because I talk to people about what they wear, and when you think about it, your clothes are your second skin. You've got the skin that's the actual attached to your body. And then what you put over it is what protects you from the world. It expresses who you are. Um, and so when we're talking to people about their clothes, there's a lot of body image issues. There's in some ways a bit of a counselling element. There's a huge psychological element to what we wear that we express through our clothes. And so I think that because I spend my time 
sharing how personality influences their style and and really trying to get to know people um so they can help express their style through their clothes. I think they then feel like that I really understand them and that I know them. And I, I make videos and things too, and I suppose that always helps. When people have watched you on a video, they definitely feel much more like they know you. Now, the next point you pointed out to me was why it's so important to grow your own mailing list. So would you like to share with bloggers who maybe are really hesitant, and I'm one of these, to, it seems like the concept of having a mailing list kind of scares you a little bit. Can you demystify that for us and explain why it's so important to develop and grow? Well, I think particularly if you ever want to make money from blogging. Now, I started my blog as a the marketing arm of my business. So I think of it as educational marketing. Um, it was my way of getting clients without, and, and this is where the introversion thing comes out, without actually having to go out and do too much networking because I find big networking events a little bit overwhelming. Um, so it is one of those things that, you know, how do I market my business? And for me, it was growing a mailing list. Now, a lot of people may not think about selling something right now. They might have started a blog and they might not go, one day I want to sell something. But if in, say, down the track, one day they do decide to write a book, create a program, you know, or do something, then having that list is your ability to actually have a warm list of people who are interested in everything you have to say because they these people have already given you their mail um, email. And so it is one of those things that I think is super important if you ever want to sell anything. Um, but even just to, if you want to grow your blog to keep in touch with them. And and I used to think I had to produce new content for my other people on my mailing list that I had to, you know, apart from the content I produced on my blog, I had to produce something different. But these days I've come to the realisation and we're, we all are incredibly busy as, you know, mothers, people, workers, you know, sisters, whatever we do in our life that most of us miss a lot of what's out there. I mean, I think I read some statistic about Facebook that people see 4% of what's on Facebook, the average Facebook user. We miss so much of what happens in our newsfeed. We don't know everything that's going on. And so you've got to think about the same thing with your blog, that people are missing many of the posts you put out. You can't assume that everybody's reading every post. Um, sadly, I wish it would like that, but they don't. And so one of the things I started doing was using my mailing list to create uh, like every week i'd just do a wrap-up of the posts i'd done that week um and then there's lots of bloggers who do that i know that pro blogger does it there's many blogs who do it it's kind of just a little snapshot of the things i've produced that week now not everybody's interested in every single post but you know at least they're interested in kind of getting that oh i'm interested in that post and they'll go away and read it and that and in fact i was a bit worried when i started that people would go why are you emailing me with stuff i've already read and in fact, what I got back from my audience was thanks so much because I often miss stuff and I don't have time and you put it into a really easy format. And in fact, what I see every week is when my email newsletter goes out, my statistics go up and quite significantly. So I can see that people are clicking through and reading articles. And so, you know, I think most of us would like to blow our, grow our blog because we put so much time and effort and love and care into writing it. It's nice to feel like that somebody's reading it and appreciating it. Um, Imogen, with regards to technical aspects, so if I ask you a few just really quick questions, sure. um, maybe you might like to answer them. So which autoresponder? 
So at the moment, I'm using Infusionsoft. I, for a long time, used MailChimp, but this year I have actually spent a good number of months moving everything over into Infusionsoft, and that's because my mailing list is now really quite large, and I needed more functionality, and it allows me to um, have my e-commerce and my programs and my mailing list all integrated um, and, and there's some other programs out there like that. I mean, I know ConvertKit's got a bit more of that. There's some, there's, and I, there was another one I read about the other day, which name, name now escapes me. But for me, that was really important. But I've grown my blog to the size that I can afford to pay for that. Um, versus when I started out, something like MailChimp is fantastic. It's simple, it's easy, and it's got great functionality. I and I love Infusionsoft for all those reasons that you've mentioned and I do love the fact that you began with MailChimp and then moved on once you had the number of subscribers, once you obviously had the income coming in that you could afford to go on to something bigger and better. So that's uh, that's a really valuable tip. How often do you send out your newsletter? So I do weekly newsletters. I started off with monthly but I've moved to weekly. That one, And it used to be monthly where I wrote something completely new, but now I do weekly because I do between three and six posts a week. And so what I'll do is just do a little quick, you know, one sentence and a picture from that post. But then also it's an opportunity to share old content because I've been writing the blog for eight years. I've got a lot. Of, I've got thousands and thousands of posts. That it means that I can go and find an old post that I've, is still relevant, that's very evergreen, and a lot of what I write is evergreen. Reshare that through my newsletter because most people haven't been reading the blog for eight years, so they never read that early stuff. So mm. I think it's also a great way of don't just think about what's new, but also, you know, what might be old, what's still relevant um, to your audience today. Mm, that's a good point. Uh, in terms of social media, which do you find? is the best platform for you and your products? For me, Pinterest is my number one. Uh, this is because I create visual content. I create a lot of infographic style images that I put in my blog posts. Um, so Pinterest is an amazing driver of traffic for me. And I love Pinterest. I think it's a great tool. And my audience is also the Pinterest audience. So if you look at the statistics about who uses Pinterest, it's women over the age of 30 who are university educated. And, you know, that's my audience. Um, so that's where I go. My number two would be Facebook. Um, and that's also because I'm in the social personal sphere rather than being the business sphere. If I had a, you know, a business blog or if I wanted to do much more about business, I'd probably be on LinkedIn. But for me to my audience, that's where they are. There's a few on Instagram, but it's not as big for me, I think, because my audience is a bit um, older on the whole, that it's kind of, you know, 30, 40, 50 plus. They're much less they're much less Pinterest people. Um, oh, sorry, they're much less Instagram people. They're much more Pinterest and Facebook. That's really interesting. Now, one final question before I'll hand back to Amanda. Uh, your top tip for actually growing subscribers because when I talk to a lot of bloggers and they may just put a, a pop-up on their blog and hope that people opt in and have a download or something like that and then looking more for the organic reach what's your number one tip for growing your subscriber base it would be to create free downloads of relevant interesting content and that content should be great you want people to go wow that's what i get for free that's so worthwhile 
So I have now 11 free downloads and I'm always trying to create some more. And in fact, at the bottom of a lot of, so I've got a pop-up, but it doesn't appear though until you've been on the site for something like two minutes because I don't want to annoy people um, who are come and goes. And I do believe, I read something recently, that Google is going to start penalising people for having automatic pop-up. So I have mine where you've basically got to have read an article before it pops up. And I think, well, by the time you've read something, you might have a decision about whether you want my free ebook. So I've got a free ebook that pops up. I also have created, you know, another about eleven, you know, free downloads of different things, some wardrobe capsule ideas, and cheat sheets, and all sorts of different things. Um, and I have a free. So on every page, it's hey, here's some free resources you can go and download. So I have a link to that. I also create little banners in Canva that I put at the bottom of posts that then link to, hey, you want to go and download some, we'll get some more information. So I'll try and do relevant, you know, have something that's relevant. So I've written a post about accessories, then I'll go go and have a look at my ebook on accessorizing. Or if I've written a post about color, I'll be going and get my color book. So th- there's relevance. And I have to say that since I've been doing that, my mailing list. So to start off when I've got my first free ebook, my mailing list, which has taken me something like, you know, three or four years to grow to 500, suddenly doubled within three months. And then having so many downloads now, I've, you know, probably doubled or tripled the size um, of the number of subscribers per month from having multiple downloads and then promoting them on every post. Now, that was some fantastic advice. So I'd like to break that down a little bit. So the first thing you said was the, the main point is to create awesome content that is able to be shared for free. And then from there, you were saying by sharing that content for each time you write something so it needs to be relevant so you've got 11 different types of free um, content that people can download and use and then the other point you said not to annoy your readers make sure they're already invested and that's where you have the pop-up to occur after a two-minute period Um, they're great tips Imogen I love those Thanks a lot. Yeah, I think it's important because, I mean, we all go on a website and the minute you get there and a pop-up comes up and it just annoys me. And, in fact, I'm more likely to go, I'm never going to download your thing. So Yeah, no, I love that. Now, we did touch on about building a community. Um, I'd just like to, just before we finish our conversation and our interview, would you like to share at least what you find works best when it comes to building and retaining a community? So, sure. I think these days, because Facebook's one of my good social media, I love the Facebook group. I think that, uh, you know, the problem with Facebook pages now is Facebook wants you to pay to get anybody to see anything most of the time. So, so now it's great, I think, to create a group for your blog, um, so create a group page and encourage people to go there. But people aren't going to go there if there's nothing to do. So I, one of the things I do is I have a weekend style challenge. And so what I do is I go go over onto my Facebook group and share your style challenge there. So it's then they interact with each other. And what happens is they form relationships. And I've got groups associated with some of my paid programs too. And I can tell you they have meetups. They go shopping with each other. They go and hang out together. They've become friends. When they travel, they go and meet up with each other. And, you know, they say that it's brought so much to their lives. And so I know that having some sort of challenge or doing something which, you know, it's more than just here's a group. Um, it's a like let's all talk about a topic we have an you know an interest in because of course they're coming to your blog because they have an interest in whatever topics you write about, um, but then giving them something they can do on that Facebook um, group is a really great way of 
of getting more interaction and and getting building that community well that was awesome again another great gem so thank you so much Imogen you've shared so much valuable information I'm sure our listeners are going to be frantically writing down notes and if they haven't they're going to go back to the beginning and listen to this episode again Um, I'm just so grateful that you've shared these fantastic points with our listeners and also with Tan and I. Um, But before Tan and I sign off, we'd love you to um, advise our listeners what is the best way for them to be able to connect with you or contact you. Um, So you can, of course, come to my blog, which is called insideoutstyleblog.com. Um, and I have a contact page there. Of course, you can always leave comments. You can find me on Facebook at insideoutstyleblog.com. That's my page. I've also got my group page is called Inside Out Style Lounge um, on Facebook. And then, you know, Pinterest, you can find me at Imogen Lamport or insideoutstyleblog.com at most social medias. So uh, I'd love to connect with you all. Thanks so much, Imogen. Like Amanda said, the great insights, valuable tips and wonderful information. Thank you so much for being on our show and we've loved having you. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Aussie Bloggers Podcast. If you would like to become a part of the Aussie Bloggers Podcast family and suggest a featured Aussie blogger or just to say day, visit Tan and Amanda at aussiebloggerspodcast.com or at bloggersupportforall.com. If you'd like to leave a review, they would love that too. Keep an ear out for the next Aussie Bloggers podcast coming your way soon.